Hello and welcome to On Resistance. I'm Bobby. Thanks for listening today. I'm Jay. Hi, and I'm Noche. I, it reminds me of something I, I read that I was working on, on translating. And it's talking about like the French context. You know, like the, all of 2016, there was this huge movement against this labor law. Although really it wasn't just a movement against the labor law. That's what the government was saying. But really, it was just like a youth movement of young people realizing they have no future, right? And it was in, in, in this thing that I read, it was it was saying something like hopelessness put more people in the streets than all the unions that have you know united to push against this thing. How like sometimes the thing that will push us into the streets is you know not necessarily hope, but maybe hopelessness. And that's and and I think that's something that the left will never talk about. And they will never talk about that sometimes like we fight and we struggle because we have nothing else to do. And sometimes our negativity comes from actually like growing up in this world, waking up every day in this world, you know, having to think about work, rent, harassment, all kinds of crap in the streets. And I think that's something that the left is afraid of talking about because it's it really gets into it assumes that if you're hopeless that you're not going to act right it assumes that if you if be if you have started to have those nihilist feelings that you just want to do nothing but if anything you know i think a lot of times you know that hopelessness you know it's like the beginning of something you know you know then we start talking to people and then you start to feel like maybe we can do something or i'd rather be doing something than doing nothing to you know fight against the wave that we're currently under, you know, with Trump coming in and, you know, all these like racist, sexist, transphobic, homophobic people coming out of the woodwork to like say they're garbage, you know? I would rather have like mutual hopelessness, like <laughs> find mutual hopelessness than to continue chasing this like elusive false hope resistance. And it, I mean, I think that kind of leads into the other topic we were talking about a little bit. I do think the left is dishonest at some points in like sugarcoating and like romanticizing the problem. Just thinking that a better leader, like how oversimplified and, re- <laughs> and reductionist is that, you know, and that's their favorite word. I think to demand hope of oppressed people all the time can replicate oppression in itself rather than acknowledging and acknowledging and not invalidating hopelessness as you know as a motivating factor i mean i feel actually a little more hopeful now than i did than i remember after say 9-11 because i had already you know been doing stuff you know in la i was already you know an anarchist and everything and Living through that time felt much more frightening. And it was because, you know, you had the Patriot Act. Every single car in L.A. had flags on them, which does not happen in L.A. L.A. is not a city <laughs> where you see like... You have Laker flags. <laughs> yeah, you have Laker flags, you know, at one point Raider flags everywhere. But you're not going to have like USA flags. And that's what happened in this place. And that felt much more, like, much more like visually oppressive mm. um, then Trump who was you know elected by you would say a, a minority in this country because that's the way voting works in this country you know it's a very small amount I think the, the fascists the racists they're out there and they're coming to get us but I actually don't think there's that many of them I mean of course like in Europe this has already come to be you know with all these right-wing parties gaining more and more traction it's like it was that one thing. I don't know if it was Jim Morrison who said it. I can't believe I'm 
quoting him. He <laughs> says like they've got the guns, but we've got the numbers. So but they have the guns. But they have the guns. <laughs> oh, but you know what? But then, you, but then you also talk about the Arab Spring, right? Where you know you had like states that were heavily militarized, so militarized that the person in power was an army, you know, sergeant or or whatever, and yet those states fell because you know at a certain point the state can't kill everybody. But yeah, this is all just a return to the fact that I actually feel a lot more hopeful now because I I think I see more young people engaged with whatever form of radical politics they're into, never before. And I see young people. I mean, I'm 34, but I see like people like when I was young, like it took forever to find a pamphlet, a zine, a text. Like it was, it took it was like an incredible amount of work. And now I see people reading very interesting texts. You know, they're like fast forwarding to the good stuff. And I, and I see their writing and I see what they're saying. It's incredibly smart. It's nothing that I would have said when I was their age. And I'm like, this is good. This is like, this isn't my, you know, where my hope comes from in a way. But I do, it does feel hopeless, you know, when, you know, you're just walking down the street, you know, and you see everything in the way society is. That's the hopeless part. But I don't think it's totally hopeless. When J20 is around the corner and there's all these permitted protests <laughs> and nothing else going down. We'll see. We'll see. For me, the strongest feeling is less hopelessness and more overwhelmed. Whenever anything happens, I think like, okay, like so this horrible thing happened, what could be done on this part to help, you know? And then like, well, if that happens, then repression's gonna happen. And then like that fear of that repression and guilt about having that fear about that repression and then that circle and cycle of like, I just think of like, yeah, everything <laughs> is going on, like from, you know, the, all the environmental, and just like my own personal, you know, living stability, you know, of like being able to not get gentrified out of like my place. It's just, it's so much and it's only going to get more intense. Before Trump got elected, I was feeling like way more hopeless. And then after he won, it was interesting because it was like, there was almost like this distance of what needed to be done when I thought Hillary was gonna win. Like I was like, okay, we need to start building like, you know, community alternatives to things and start like preparing and da 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 and like this kind of, you know, we need to start building an autonomous um, anti-statist movement, but like all of the goals were kind of more slower paced in my mind. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I was like writing about it and then when I found out Trump won, it had to change and it had to be like, okay, so less talking about how we're going to um, grow sustainable food and like how we can do that and more about like how we're going to form like alternatives to the police and like how we're going to defend each other like immediately how are we going to de-arrest people immediately like how are we going to stop people from even getting taken into ice custody like immediately and so it's like because resistance is such a natural thing it's become more intensified you know and everything's becoming more intensified i can't really necessarily like linger in hopelessness for too long because I get pulled quickly into having to resist again. So that's a, that could be a positive. I don't know. But that's interesting what you're saying about 9-11. I think that is an interesting time to look at America is like to compare now to 9-11. Yeah. Know? And like... Nationalism? Well, yeah, and then the Republicans didn't they have the whole House and Senate and all that. Yeah. Everything yeah. then. And like everyone was super patriotic and well, you also had the largest anti-war movement the world has ever seen a couple of years later, and that didn't do anything. So I think I think that's like something I remember vividly. So I'm like, marching is great because you get to see people in the street and you're together, but it's like things need to like get like real direct. Like you're talking like, man, that's cool that people not talk about blockades, 
free, you know, get on the free, all these things. Because before this stuff would, would, like, if you were to say this, like, that people should, like, stop freeways in L.A. 15 years ago, they would have told you, like, what's, what's up? What are you doing? He's, like, are you smoking the wrong stuff? Like, what's, like, what's going on? Because that's... Are you that's, trying to get people arrested? You're trying to get people arrested. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know, you know, you're, you're, you're asking people who are the most oppressed to get on the, on the freeways. Like, how, how could you do that? Uh, yeah and i'm just like uh they're, p- they're probably the people that most will want to do it because you know they hate this freeway running through the neighborhood so like so like, yeah the, the 9-11 thing and then before that you know you had you know this whatever mostly countercultural anarchist you know movement that was interesting you know in its own ways because this is kind of like the origins of a lot of other countercultural stuff that became mainstream you know whether it's bike riding veganism microbrew you know now now it's all hip right <laughs> but um like I, I remember like the thing i learned about the after 9-11 was you know the state will clamp down in a real way also you know any real you know action against it so like this is like you know you had the green scare where you had like you know you had the heights of you know the earth liberation front the animal liberation front and i knew people that were getting arrested because they were you know saying too much and then you learn about security culture in a very real way. Like, you can't talk about some of the stuff in public places or on the phone or in blah, blah, blah. You know, so you learn the hard way of, you know, what the state will do. But you also learn that, you know, the state isn't as powerful as, as it seems sometimes. Sometimes you're like, wow, we can, things can happen. It's kind of amazing. That's the important thing, too, is like, they're just people. I think sometimes when we use the word the state, which I use a lot, it makes it this like whole thing when really it's bureaucracy and like people that have to get approval before they do something and they need funding and they only have this amount of resources and like you know we can exploit that too you know the state doesn't have to be like this overarching like power that we can't topple but it does feel like that but i think that's part of their job is to make you feel that way um and to make you feel scared and that's why there's so many like state shows i think so many what state shows like csi or like a lot of like oh. law and order and stuff yeah. so many. to make you think that like if you commit a crime you're gonna get caught even yeah. though like most people when they get murdered like there's not real effort for investigations or anything like there's not they're not really caring that much it's just like to sort of like build up the idea and to make you like them i mean like like talking about the state reminds me of something that was written in uh this book by the invisible committee who's like this french anti-state communist group and they they wrote in their most recent book to our friends about how you know the mistake that they saw and i think a lot of other people saw too but they wrote about it that people try to storm the palaces of the government and realize that they're empty that you know the president has took off the congress or the parliament took off and and you know you have to realize where power like where power exists now and power exists through the movement of commodities in society Right. And if you are able to shut down the movement of, you know, whether it's fuel or, you know, all kinds of or food, all kinds of things, that's where power comes from. Especially now. Now it's not just, you know, you can't just storm the castle and uh, and take the king and the queen out. And that's it. You know, it's like power exists in, you know, in different ways now than it did before. And that's something I think radicals need to like acknowledge and like learn about because um, I think that's a very powerful thing. And that's the reason why the freeway takeovers have been like, like the repression against that has been so heavy because they're like, these people are getting the right idea, <laughs> you know, and they're like, they're like really like stopping normal life. 
a normal life under capitalism and we can't allow that or like what's going on in mexico right now with like sort of people showing a response to them wanting to increase the gas prices i feel like that's what it, you have to do. Like, everyone's freaking out that, you know, um, Obamacare is going to get cut. And I'm like, he cuts health insurance. Like, that's people's life. That's, like, you know, that's your family. That's people, you know, have had their kids be able to get, like, health care because of it. You know? So I'm like, if that's not a time to go in the streets and do some stuff other than marching, I don't know what else. I think people need to stop looking at other places when they do things and be like yeah that's awesome but then like not think it's okay for it to happen here and within the states that's sort of like american exceptionalism i think and kind of romanticizing other people doing tactics but then like you know kind of condemning them and not understanding like when people did it here in ferguson and yeah like that is you know effing up some commas like literally <laughs> yeah when you talk about like them stirring the gates and like the presence already there it's like yeah and his money is in the cayman islands or her money's in the cayman islands and yeah. like you know they already had it wired here and like they're off in some other country where it's cool you know that country right now actually that's like a safe haven for like bad people is america and that's why like they're building all these communities like la is like a lot of gentrification at its final level is international people coming in and moving in because like they're avoiding their own stuff that's going on in their country yeah yeah. can't forget about the corporations and just like all the rich people to be honest when we talk about going after things and and the thing is like with mexico like it is a long history of doing what they do down there over the summer you had teachers lighting tires on fire sabotaging highways because of education reform there's been like much more aggressive austerity in the united states and nothing has happened you know and i think that just shows you that it's not a question of how hard the state or the capitalists start trying to take from you it's a, it's, it's a question of how the response and that's what it is you know um that's what's happening now you know they raise the price of gas and people are like well, if you raise the price of gas, I guess we're going to like shut down the gas station, take all the gas we want. I mean, you know, people are looting, people are fighting back, and they're just like, well, this is our livelihood. You got no choice. Because I, I don't know how I got into it, but I fell down like a rabbit hole of like YouTube. Oh, I think I was listening to, um, who performed at DNC? Rage Against okay. the Machine. So I think I was listening to Rage Against the Machine, and then like I found this LA 2000 DNC video and like there was like a i don't know like all of a sudden i just saw people and they were like breaking cement and stuff Mm -hmm. and i was like this is la (laughs) but then i was like okay it's dnc you know there's probably people coming from all over to come in but like yeah it was interesting kind of what was going on then and like even if dnc or some other big event was to happen here like we're gonna have the olympics in a few years right would we have that same level of like intensity and action and that was under a democratic that was like the end of a democratic president too so that's interesting because that was before they knew bush would be but yeah so do you think that la scene and not necessarily well even including activist scene was more when they did do stuff that it was more like intense i think what happened was the state once Seattle happened in 1999, when there was this huge protest against the WTO, and where the state realized there's this tactic called the Black Block, right? And the Black Block will like destroy stuff, will sabotage, will not try to even engage with the police. Like, because, you know, in Seattle, you have people actively engaging with the police, mostly like 
you know, leftist organizations, like they, you know, they do the lockdowns and get pepper sprayed and they get arrested. But, you know, like there's these people who actually do not want to engage with the police and just want to get away with as much as they can to attack, you know, um, either like symbolically or actually like real, you know, materially, you know, these like sites of capital, like banks, whatever. And I think once the the state figured that out, that this is going to continue happening, there was a clampdown, right? So then you have August 2000 LA DNC, and you did have a lot of people from out of town because concurrent to the DNC, there was also an anarchist conference, or mm-hmm. right? I forget what they call it, a conference or a gathering, and there was like heavy surveillance on it. It was like scary to be in LA, like there was like surveillance, real, real deal surveillance, and also it was hyped up because people around the country knew the anarchists are coming, the anarchists are coming. Like anarchists not from LA, you know, people from around the country, mostly the Northwest, right? Uh, Seattle, uh, Eugene, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. And so I think what happened was you had the biggest, it was, I think it was the biggest black block that's ever been in LA. It was, it was gigantic. It was enormous. And uh, how many people? Let's see, maybe about like four or 500 people. I think what happened was the the city set up this like free speech zone, which was literally across the street from the Staples Center, and it was just like this barricaded, fenced-in thing uh, that you can go do your protests in literally a corral, like literally a corral that like, whose entrance was not very big. So it felt it was already felt like this is the trap. <laughs> yeah, it was a kettle. I was like, yeah. It was a it was a it was a kettle, <laughs> but it was a free speech zone, right? And so. And it was interesting, and then they invited, and then they're like, you know, the left organizations are like, we're going to have bands play. It's going to be like a protest concert. It's going to be really cool. We're going to get Ozo Motley, and I think they did play. We're going to have Rage Against the Machine, and uh, we're going to like, you know, speak truth to power. <laughs> and I think, I think uh, Rage Against the Machine, or Zach De La Rocha, the singer of Rage Against the Machine, was like, you know, there's another show happening across the street, but it's all sold out. You know, you know <laughs> that, that was like you know his his like big like line. His one, the one I think like the one thing he actually said talking about the fact that he was performing across the street from the DNC. Yeah. And so what happened was you had the black bloc who was like, we don't care about a concert, we don't care about Rage Against the Machine. And so what happened was you had a movement towards. At one point they were talking about let's take the stage and stop the concert and just like and like literally just like take over like this like spectacle because they're creating this spectacle Mm -hmm. that's like supposed to show like we're like angry against you know the dnc whatever you know and that didn't work out uh because i think there was so many people there there was it was like impossible to get to the stage right it was just like impossible so like the next move was we're going to destroy this fence and they almost did they almost did destroy the you know the fence, and there was like not a lot of support for that you know from like people like there they were just like, what are you guys doing? You're gonna get pepper sprayed within we're the block or like from the outside from the outside people? from the yeah. outside, and I'm pretty sure and I'm and I'm very sure there was like, you know undercovers in the black block. It's like of course you know yeah. of course there are, but you know there was like a fair amount of people were like, let's try to take this thing down and you know and they almost did uh, but then at a certain point they're like okay you guys had enough fun we're gonna just like tear gas everybody and then you know then everybody dispersed yeah but yeah there was people there who 
I remember just watching them like they know exactly like what they're doing to you know to like break up like parking blocks and like you know smashing them and throwing things and you know there was like there was people there who like came prepared yeah and I think that was uh it was an interesting time and then like that happened and then and then like later on there was a continued militancy in Los Angeles and and also in Long Beach where there was like these anarchist scenes where a lot of the people were anarchists and also were anarchists who were not what i would call left anarchists they weren't like interested in creating an anarchist federation they were more interested in destroying capitalism right like in a very direct way and so what happened was i think the year later in may may of 2001 may day they're like we're gonna like like do we're gonna like make a riot and it didn't work out because they made this flyer that looked like a party flyer, right? And it was like, riot, revelry, you know, to be announced, call this phone number at such and such time. Like, yeah. it was it was like, almost, and that was like the like whole... the original Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> like that, but like a flyer and they spread it everywhere. And that was just like, in my back of my head, I was like, I think this is a bad idea. Yeah. What happened was, you know, what I assumed would happen. I didn't participate in the action because I was like, I can see what's going to happen. And I told people, like, I don't think we should do this. When I showed up to the space in Long Beach, it was more cops in Black Block. Mm. And a lot of the people in the Black Block, because there was a lot of energy at the time. There was a lot of, like, a lot of, like, we're going to do this. We're, like, we're powerful, right? And there's, there's a lot of young people because, like, people are, like, 15, 16 years old. And what eventually happened, like, they marched for a little while. And then they got kettled into, like, the, like, on-ramp of a, of a hotel, like where you enter into the parking lot and just they just got like rubber bullets bean bags people had their arms broken by batons and i don't think and it was i think there was only one person who's got any like, real jail time but they you know they were just like it was like intense suppression after yeah. that and now i think that is what killed a lot of anarchist activity in la mm. where like i think people tr- thought they were I think they felt the energy of the DNC, like, we're here, there's a lot of us, we can do this, and there wasn't, you know. And I think that's, one, that's like, the moment I learned that it, it can't just be anarchists in the streets, it can't just be communists, it can't just be socialist Marxists. It's got to be everybody in the streets, because there's not enough of us. There will never be enough of us. Like, I'm not one of those, like, people who's, who's thinking, like, one day there's going to be an anarchist revolution. No, there's just going to be a revolution. Yeah. It's going to be all kinds of people, right? And I think at the time, people were like, there's going to be an anarchist revolution. And, I mean, that's something I don't... I'm, after I saw, like, um, things happening in L.A., and yeah. friends getting arrested, having to do, you know, get them out of jail, all, the, all these things, I was just like, no, this is not how it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's the reason why, you know, I... I'll also have distanced myself from like the recruiting aspect of the left. Like it's not just going to be the left that's going to do stuff. You know, it's it's going to have to be a whole bunch of people in the streets who, you know, who never voted probably, yeah. right? Who don't have jobs, you know. So was there like sort of a liberal or like activist like attempted to like co-opt it? Like who was trying to co-opt that like energy after DNC like Um or I, was there? I no. People were like the black bloc are terrible. They shut down our nice protests. We were having a nice concert because then the LEPD shut down the power for Rage Against the Machine and then the concert stopped. And they were like, and I get it because, you know, at, at the time, I would say, even though in Los Angeles, like the people that were from here that I knew 
were mostly like not white anarchists, but there were like a lot of white anarchists that came out from like different places. So there was like the, this is the white middle-class man who doesn't know any better, who's putting other people in jeopardy, right? This whole old line, mm-hmm. which to a certain de- degree was true. So the liberals weren't trying to like co-opt us. They were like trying to like, let's hope they never show up. <laughs> like they were like afraid. People were like at one point like afraid of anarchists. Yeah. Because there was this very spectacular image, you know. This is also like the the beginning of the anti-globalization movement, where there was like huge protests around the world in Genoa, and I think in Quebec, um, and around the world, where like anarchists would like descend and like destroy the city, you know. So it was like a very like, well, it wasn't just anarchists, but all kinds of like other like you know, down to do it radicals. Um, so I think there was in the there was more, there was just smear campaigns where like this is not how you do things like where there was like a real um debate between people who i know friends of mine who, who were like you know I, I we don't think you know this way of doing things is the best way but it's better than the other way you guys are, have been selling for a long time and people are doing it on their own and so there was like this debate between the pro activists you know, non-profit, um, you know, non-government organization stuff, and the people who are like, revolt is a good thing. But maybe, you know, it can't do it every time, but this is this is the way out. It's funny because we still have this debate today, you know, we were, and this was happening, you know, 10 plus years ago, where people were like, scared of the boogeyman, of people who don't want to live with the state or under capitalism. It's interesting. It's funny because, like, yeah, I always thought that, like, the riot... Or at least, I don't know where I got it from, but that, like, Rage Against Machine was the one mm-hmm. that, like, instigated the riot. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So I was always like, what happened to them if they, like, were these, like, super rock band that, like, got people to riot DNC and then, like... Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I've seen I've seen the videos on YouTube, and there, there, there is kind of, like, this, like... Of course, this is, this is this is, like, you know, the thing about cameras, right? They record yeah. the, you know, the image you wanted to see, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, Raging Against the Machine was not like, let's tear this fence down and, like, attack the DNC. <laughs> yeah. No, they were they just... Were drawing people into the fence. So yeah. people were, like, you know, they were, like, dancing. They were, you know, they Ugh. were, like, listening to the music. And there was, you know, it was a party. It was a party. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like, you know, talk crap on people who wanted to see a free show. Because it wasn't yeah. a free show, right? Yeah. And people came... What's sad about it is, though, people came unprepared for the possibilities of repression. There was kids there, you know, like little, little kids. When the tears gas started flying, people were like really hurting, you know, and then the rubber bullets and everything and people weren't prepared. Like this was, this is like when things get out of hand, the state is going to come on you hard. Yeah. You know, you can, and instead of the state getting the backlash, it's like, well, if these like anarchists didn't come and try mm-hmm. to like start trouble, then like, mm-hmm. always. yeah. So that, that's, that's, I mean, it's an old story. It's interesting because, like, everyone's always like, why is L.A. so... There's, like, a very focus on, like, you know, like, Oakland's the most radical. Uh-huh. L.A. is just, you know... People in the Midwest think that there's more going on in L.A. than there is, though. <laughs> it's very interesting. No, I, that's something that, I, that I've, you know, I've come to realize, even, you know, with the project I used to be a part of, L.A. Onda. You know, people thought it was, like, this huge thing. I'm like, no, it was, like... People would ask me about it. People that some friends I knew from Oakland, they're like, oh, have you heard of that? I was like, I heard about them, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was six people. And the project lasted, what, 
six months uh, for, for a variety of reasons. But yeah, um, part of the reason why Oakland is Oakland is not because of people in Oakland. As much as the people in Oakland are dope, it's like, it's a magnet. So that's what it is. Because <laughs> I experienced it, you know, like, you know, people in L.A. were like, L.A.'s too hard. I'm going to move to Oakland. Mm-hmm. They used to move to San Francisco before it was gentr- really super gentrified or move to Eugene, Oregon, or Portland, or Seattle, or maybe or maybe even New York. Maybe even New York. But that's Oakland is Oakland, not because of Oakland. You know, you know, as far as, like, the explicitly radical aspects of, aspects of Oakland, it's because it's a magnet. And unfortunately, the fact that it's a magnet, you know, also makes it a magnet for gentrification. It also is different land. Like, L.A. is, like, when you say L.A., what do you even mean? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like L.A. Can, L.A. County? Yeah. <laughs> which part? Which corner? And so when you're asking people to come somewhere for a protest, they have to, like, commute most of the time yeah. like sometimes people are coming from the IE or they're coming from yeah. like the valley or whatever and then you know they have to take metro and then like sometimes the cops shut down metro and so if people have to commute to resist it's not like we're this tiny area like if everyone was in just downtown LA then yeah things would probably look different if like we're just dealing with this downtown LA but we're dealing with this spread out giant area do you hear a lot of like focus on like why isn't LA reaching up to like I guess because of 92. They're like, why aren't you doing a 92 every time anything happens? Well, I think, you know, there was... After 92, a lot of people left. You know, you know whether whether it's, like, scared white people or even, like, people from the hood who are like, damn, it's wild here. Maybe I should move to, like, um, you know, the Inland Empire, right? And I think that that's what it is. And, I mean, I think also the thing with L.A., like you said, like, it's just space, it's, and it's and I think it's intentional, you know, L.A., you know, it's intentionally made to be difficult to manage, you know, to 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 like organize and do things. Right. And I think that's, you know, that, that naturally makes a very fractured reaction to what's happening. You know, there is no center in a way. You know, people try to make downtown the center because of the spread outness. You know, it's hard for downtown to be a center. Downtown's also a horrible place for us to keep going to because, like, I mean, it's horrible and bad. It's like the cops... They, you know, there are stations right there. Like, they know the area. They know the tunnels. There's a bunch of one-way streets, which can work in, like, an advantage. I don't know. It somehow just become, like, the only place stuff happens. Yeah. I wish at least there was somewhere else other than City Hall in downtown LA <laughs> that people went to. It's so annoying. City Hall on a Saturday over and over and over. I think it has to do with, like, this thing where, you know, people think that's where power is yeah so yeah. you go to where the, you go the, the halls are empty the halls are em- the halls are empty there. you know you're uh, protesting the, to yourself and marching to yourself yeah so i think i think there's because that's like part of the performance aspect you know like pe- spectacle. Pe- yeah, people yeah spe- still chasing that yeah so you know it's still one of the main strategies i mean i thought you know the the pictures of the flaming trump <laughs> uh paper mache head was cool but that's spectacle you know like the next day there's like you know Everything's yeah. the same. I saw that on my way there, and I was like, oh, it's popping off. <laughs> They're burning stuff. Like, you know, and I got there, and it was this, oh, my God. It was just a mess. And I was just like, wait, what? Stop sharing that picture. You know about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, it, it made it seem like stuff was popping more than it was, and it wasn't. I feel like that is part of the strategy of a lot of liberal organizations is to make it look like something it isn't. It is to make, like, paint resistance a certain way but not practice it. 
and not even leave enough open space for others to practice that. Like, they have to fill up that space real quick to prevent people from even... Also, speaking of, like, how to, how radicalism happens, like, peace policing was very radicalizing for me. The idea that repression comes from all sides, or yeah. repression comes from people that, at one second, they're inviting you to their protest, and they're like, hey, it's gonna be awesome, we're gonna do this, that, whatever, and you show up, and then they're the ones putting hands on you and acting like cops, and, like, trying oh, yeah, to move yeah, you out of the yeah. way. That, that moves your perspective really quickly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember um, one of the nights, um, you know, the Ferguson nights in L.A. after, you know, the non-indictment, marching, you know, up um, by, like, the L.A. Live area, right? And there was, like, this, like, you know, there's all those restaurants, right? And it's, like, and there's, like people eating outside, and we're, like, marching up. And it's, like, a, it's a rowdy group. It's the first night. And this white dude is just outside eating, and apparently, like, and then all of a sudden I see like this like this young black guy like yelling at him like what's going on and then and then you know I find out you know this white dude was calling him the n-word and all these like all these like crazy things and we're all like you know the hell with this guy I'm not gonna say the words that I said then and we just started like throwing stuff at him and like you know and trying to get at him and I have like this white woman come up on me and I'm, I'm all masked up and everything she's like no violence no violence I'm like do you understand like what you are doing to like me and to like this young black man who just got called a terrible word and this obviously racist white man who's getting off on the fact no, she won't go tell him no she won't go tell him mm-hmm. like no violence because she probably doesn't think that's a violent act mm-hmm. right and it was just and at that time i was just like wow that, I had, that hasn't happened to me in a long time but when that happened i was just like what this still happens like this is probably why sometimes i don't show up to things anymore mm-hmm. because you know i have people being all like no no and i'm like like what? What's the point? You know, but like you, you know, like you were saying, like this is like you know, it's all a spectacle. It's the image of the resistance that, that they want. They don't want an actual resistance to revolt. They don't want that. You know, which ends up working in the state interest because yeah, then people who probably would try to push the line a little more don't go to those things because they think it's going to be that. And so like basically liberals like that end up doing the work for the state because it's like yeah, no, I'm not going to go to the women's march because <laughs> like why? to hold a sign at home <laughs> and be just as effective <laughs> and probably nice more spectacle. effective like yeah. take a picture and get it shared online uh-huh. I mean yeah that's <laughs> like I mean as much as I think it's dope that people show like show solidarity but like if solidarity is just like taking like like holding a sign with your friends outside and taking the picture like like come on well, come it's the on. same thing as a march though sometimes yeah like, yeah like that march that happened like the fourth day after they're like, let's the kill election. the, let's officially stop any energy against Trump march. Yeah, the like, <laughs> it was a parade, and like, the police were facilitating it, and even with the police facilitating it, people still wanted to be on the sidewalk, and it was just like being surrounded by liberals, and it was like, wow, this is actually a really hostile space, while everyone's celebrating and thinking they're doing something amazing, right? Something, yeah, yeah. Something very significant to themselves, you know? but not really significant against Trump. And it's, it's just right in line with the liberal strategy. Oh, we need to stop Trump. How are we going to stop Trump? Vote. You know, <laughs> oh, we, oh, we voted. That didn't work. How are we going to stop Trump? You know, have a permanent rally. Yeah. And take pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's sad that, like, I don't know, maybe people are planning stuff and I just don't yeah. I'm hoping. That there's, like, going to be stuff that even... No, people are going to do contingents at these liberal marches, and then they're going to be either peace policed or they're going to do nothing. Yeah, which is, like, also, it's like, well, it's just one day, you know, and I get that. But it's, like, also, I don't know. 
I feel like we have to set the tone really early. Like it's kind of going back to what we were talking about before, like how others respond to like you know budget cuts or whatever and uh, price increases. It's like you know we kind of have to set the tone of. It's already like we're gonna not wait for you to do something hostile until we figure out how to like do something. Like no, we're gonna show you. This is like what we're expecting. Bring it, cause you're gonna get us doing something else. Yeah. Being very vague. No, no. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Hope. <laughs> we will have hope. Who knows? I do think so. I think 2017 is going to be the year when stuff's going to happen, but it's not going to happen in the same way where we think it's supposed to happen. Like, I really think it's just going to be, like, bar fights. And, like, <laughs> I know, I'm serious. You <laughs> can't go out to bars right no, now. It's yeah. going to be, like, people being at the bars, and someone's going to say everywhere. some stuff. And then, like, I've already seen people start to, like, you know, like... At the bar we were at. Yeah, like, this older black gentleman was, like, chilling, just sitting at the bar, like, on his computer, and this, like, white woman like comes and knocks down his computer screen really yeah and she right behind us and she's like and he's like what are you doing and he's like he's like oh like he cuts he was like he said i know you're not mf touching my screen you know yeah and she was just like oh what it's just a joke starts touching him like trying to just totally derail his whole evening and And, make it about herself and he's like look Trump's just because Trump is president. <laughs> like I, he's like you think you white people think you can do this stuff. He's like you're not gonna do that. It's not okay. And it was just like really interesting because like we're tuning in. Like when do we need to like we're you waiting. know like yeah. come in? And it starts to get escalated. And like the woman is basic. Oh, and then like the guy that was with the woman comes and he's like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Everybody calm down." Yeah. Like trying to equalize the situation. Yeah, and like we're like, "No, she needs to leave, and you need to leave." And she's like, "I'm not going anywhere." And then like the people around us are looking. They're like, "They're like walk away." <laughs> And they're just like, and this table next to us of like young people are like, this is why you don't talk about politics and religion. I'm like, that's what you got from all of this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it made me think of how like people are like, well, if Trump gets elected, like then something's really going to happen. I'm like, you really have this hope that like the worst things get mean people are going to have to respond. But like some people are just going to stare and be like in shock and be adapted and be like, well, you know, that's. That's something else going on. Like in the next booth, literally. Yeah, like. Li- yeah. And it was just weird watching all these people just watch it happen. Like no one else like cared. Like it was just you're entering up our bar night, bro. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like. yeah. Oh man. I mean, even on the on the on the train here, I was like watching this man. And I, I didn't know. I was like on my headphones, you know, like on my phone, and I look up. He's like this like man was just talking to this woman. I was like, this guy like harassing this woman and I put my headphones off turns out there were a couple they were just sitting across from each other but I was like but I was like a lot of people don't think that like 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 what's going on around me what's happening you know and a lot of people just like don't don't like sometimes people don't understand what it means to like take a stand against white supremacy or patriarchy like it means like even just like little stuff mm-hmm. right and then they're like they're like they're down to say it but you know when it's sound when it's happening in front of them are like oh man don't say anything oh no mm-hmm. oh no no and that's why that's why you know well for a lot of folks that it stays theoretical for them yeah yeah yeah. and then when they're confronted with it like you know maybe they haven't developed the skills or this just still theoretical no i get it them. i mean it's scary it's scary like well, not it, in defense of them but like you know people need to no it, it is fine. scary you know people want to wear safety pins and stuff and be <laughs> 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 you know Oh my! <laughs> it's because everyone's gone punk and they're all like safety pinned out. But, but uh, yeah, 
Well, that was a about everything show, <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. We transitioned to different topics. Thanks for joining us this week. So you've been listening to On Resistance. We're on um, every week except for the first Friday at 7.30. You can listen to this full version of the show on our SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash on dash resistance. And you can check us out on our Twitter at On Resistance LA. Um, email us at onresistanceradio at gmail.com. And yeah, so thanks.